401k advisors want to build a scalable practice, but aren't always sure what to do next. Welcome to Outcomes, the podcast designed to help advisors think, make decisions, and cast a vision to create a business for the future. Here's your host, Ross Marino, financial planner, author, speaker, and CEO of Advisor2x. Welcome to Outcomes, the podcast. Today, we are joined by Jess Liberi, head of product at eMoney Advisor. Jess, thanks for being on the show. Ross, thank you for having me. Earlier this year, I'm having a conversation with Brad Ahrens, and we're talking about how financial planning is converging with employer-sponsored plans. And we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. We both agree that integration is inevitable. And during the conversation, he just says casually, well, you know, eMoney's coming out with a financial planning and wellness app. And I said, actually, Brad, I didn't know. I've got to talk to eMoney. But before we dive into the app, I know that eMoney has done a lot of research. And I'm sure that research drove how you built the app. But specifically, you're talking about the advisor of the future. I'm an advisor today. I plan on being an advisor on the future. What did you learn from your research that'll help me figure out what's going to go on down the road? It's a great question. And I think a lot of the trends that we were seeing in terms of the advisor of the future have been underway for quite some time, but I think have been accelerated by a handful of recent events, uh, namely the pandemic, a big one that I think have accelerated a lot of the trends. Um, but really, it's centered around client expectations. If I had to boil it down, um, the advisor of the future uh, you know, needs to evolve based on the expectations of clients, whether those expectations are around how they're charged for advice, how they want to consume advice, um, or even what type of advice they are seeking, right? It's not necessarily in line with what financial advisors have provided in the past. And we've seen those evolutions already, where advisors have gone from more asset managers or investment managers to then kind of looking really broadly at wealth management, um, now more planning focused. And we're seeing that start to really move into total wellness, which we define as the intersection between, yes, financial health, but also physical and mental health as well. Um, all of these things kind of intersect. And it, it's interesting what we found through the research is that they are very interrelated and one certainly impacts the other. So doing well and feeling like I'm financially fit and I understand where I am in terms of um, you know, where I should be according to retirement or even emergency savings or budgeting um, certainly plays into my physical and mental health. And we know that financial um, stress is actually one of the main causes of, of mental health issues as well. So um, the advisor of the future is really now talking about these higher order type of things with their clients, but interestingly enough, needs to figure out how to do so in a way that allows them to serve more clients. So there's these two forces at play. One, clients are demanding more. They want to talk more holistically about their finances. And two, there are certainly more people not only in need of advice, but who desire to consume advice from financial professionals. How can advisors scale and support them? So as you're talking about a more holistic approach, I certainly agree with that. I'll be launching a consumer-focused podcast in 2021, probably going to call it the two sides of retirement, the financial and the human side. So I'm a believer in that as well. 
but generationally, the older people out there, they barely want to talk about money. So I don't think a lot of them want to talk about the personal side. And although we're seeing some of that change over time, I know it's generational. I've seen it for 30 plus years. Is part of the research that, that you've conducted showing that the younger generations, Gen X, Gen Y, they want to have a more holistic approach? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, Gen X, Gen Y, and I'll even extend into Gen Z are much, much more willing to talk about these things and, and actually seek to talk about these things with the professionals that they work with. And they trust financial advisors to have these types of conversations. But what I will say, and a lot of the research that drove us to Incentive, then named Project Avocado, which we'll dive into as well, um, was that while these people wanted advice and felt like they were in need of advice, they didn't really identify as fitting in with the financial advisor's core business model. They didn't have assets already accumulated that were going to be invested. Um, they did not really, um, they weren't receptive to paying for assets under management fees because clearly they didn't have those and they felt like that was really pricing them out. But they wanted to talk about kind of the basics of personal finance. And there are very few avenues today for individuals to do that. So what we wanted to do is, again, looking at advisors and looking at this need to scale, um, really help them have these conversations with more and more people. Ross, you brought up a really good point, so I just want to go back to it because um, you had said the older generations, but I would say it's, it's everyone. People don't like to talk about money. Why is that, right? It's just uncomfortable. It's one of those things that most people don't necessarily feel like they're in control of, and many people don't quite feel like they understand. They don't know what things to do next. They may understand the basics. I should be saving for retirement. I should pay off my, my debt. I shouldn't hold much credit card debt. I, you know, rules like pay yourself first, right? Save first and then worry about how much you have to spend. Uh, but they don't know how to necessarily look at those decisions relative to one another and understand the trade-offs. E-Money's mission is to help people talk about money. So we understand that that discussion among families, peers, even advisors and their clients is so difficult to really get to the truth, right? Like, let's go down to ultimately what's bothering you, what your goals are, how can we help people, advisors, individuals, feel more comfortable talking about money? Sounds like this will connect really well with the subscription model, which is becoming more common out there, certainly still in its infancy, but more and more as time goes on, I think we're going to see more of the subscription model. I certainly agree with the people wanting to ask questions and needing help. And we have a new financial planning associate here who just started studying for the CFP. And by just started, I think maybe 45 days ago, 60 days ago. And I had let him know that when you start talking to people, they're going to drill you with questions. And we kind of laughed about it. And now he'll come in on Monday and say that he mentioned to somebody that he's studying for the CFP and they just unleash. Well, what do I need to do at work? And I have this and how about my investments? And should I do a 529? And, and they, just, they just start throwing questions at him. People want help. So over time, 
this project I know has grown. You talked about the name change. I remember originally hearing Project Avocado. And when we first spoke, I thought, how did you come up with that name? <laughs> and now it's actually transitioned to something else, which, you know, spoiler alert, I love the name of the product. I think it's brilliant. So could you walk us through where it started with this app and what it's become today? Yeah, absolutely. So we had started with a hypothesis that advisors needed help engaging the next generation. So as we looked at the next generation, we centered on millennials um, and called our project, you know, that it was in its infancy then, um, Project Avocado, because, you know, millennials love avocado toast. So it was just a, you know, a, a funny play on words. We called it Project Avocado. People immediately made the connection. But what we found through the research that we were doing was that this demand for advice was not limited to millennials. We had centered on them for one reason, we actually continue down this path because they make up the largest percentage of the American workforce. But as we started to engage employees, you know, so people who are working as part of these small to mid, sometimes large firms, um, and really talk to them about how they consumed advice. What tools did they use? Did they work with an advisor? Why or why not? We actually saw some consistent needs across all age groups. So we extended the market that we wanted to serve with the app from just focusing on millennials, a specific age demographic, to saying it's much broader than that. There's an underserved market, and we can just be pretty broad in saying it's the average American worker. So ages you know, 21 to 64, but who feel like they're not served by traditional advice models today. Um, we had moved then to start building the app, testing it, testing it, um, and the distribution path, and you mentioned this before, was really through retirement plan advisors. You had mentioned Brad Ahrens. We've been working closely with him for a number of years um, as an e-money client, but also as someone that wanted more to be able to serve the average American worker. So as we worked with him, we really understood that we were going to focus on retirement plan advisors, so advisors that really served um, and worked with plan sponsors to manage um, 401k plans, other qualified employee, employer plans, employer-sponsored plans. Yes, you're working with Brad, and you said we want to work with people who work with employer-sponsored plans. That's not e-money traditionally. You're a financial planning software, and it's the CFPs of the world who do personal financial planning, but it sounds like you made a decision as a company, an intentional decision to focus on employer-sponsored plans and that marketplace. That's new territory for you. So why did you do that? It is new territory in some ways, and I'll explain, but why we focused there was because we felt like that would give us the best reach into the average American workers. So those that were not feeling like they were being served by the traditional advice models today. What we are finding is that several of the firms that we work with for, from a wealth management perspective also have divisions of their organizations 
particularly the, the larger ones um, that focus in the retirement plan market. And those were not people that we were ever traditionally talking to, but all of them are trying to figure out how to stitch together this experience. If they're working in the retirement plan market, what is the driver to move into more of a traditional wealth management model? How does that traditional wealth management model need to evolve to meet the needs of these individuals that sit in these employer-sponsored plans? So we felt like, a, it gave us great reach into the employee base, the average American worker, but B, it enabled us to really focus on how we build out our story around the full spectrum of planning. So whether you're starting in a client-led model and then moving into working with an advisor and, and wanting to give more control to that advisor of helping you with some of those higher order types of scenarios and complex planning um, techniques, we're really trying to stitch together an experience that allows the client to move based on his or her needs at any given time. I know you said the app encourages long-term behavioral changes. Again, a very intentional way to phrase that. Tell me how you're encouraging long-term behavioral changes. So in a couple of ways, and I think the easiest way to understand it is when I equate financial health to physical health and even dieting um, because oftentimes you need to have a perspective on your physical health to understand what things you need to focus on to get better, right? Perhaps it's diet, perhaps it's exercise. It's generally some combination of the two, but you're going to not just say like, tomorrow I'm going to lose a hundred pounds. You have to come up with a plan and start to develop behaviors and habits that will help you get there and hopefully stay there over time. And again, dieting and exercise conversations, those are uncomfortable conversations, right? Everybody kind of shies away from them. We all say, you know, I, I don't want to think about that. It's just easier to kind of keep doing what I've always done. Um, I've heard advisors equate budgeting conversations to, to those conversations on diet and exercise. Budget, the, even the words just have such a negative connotation at times with people, right? It, it feels restrictive. It doesn't give me the freedom of spending where I want to spend. So what we're doing in terms of long-term behaviors that, that, or behaviors that give you those long-term health benefits from a financial perspective, we're A, giving people visibility into where they stand today. So what the application will do is just through two inputs, day one, we'll collect a person's age and we'll collect their income. Generally, employers tend to have this information on their employees. So we're able to kind of kickstart the process with very little input or action from those individuals. But what we're doing is then highlighting, like, here are some areas where you should be thinking about, whether it's retirement, whether it's their emergency savings, whether it's how much life insurance or protection they should have, the percentage of, of debt that would be reasonable for someone making what they make today. And we're not gonna be right the first time to say, here's where you stand relative to those rules of thumb. So we wanna encourage them to then aggregate assets. So how much retirement savings do you have outside of that employer-sponsored plan? How much have you saved in an emergency savings fund? So we give them that visibility into where they are relative to some of what we call these industry rules of thumb. Um, but beyond that, we then say, okay, so you might be off track here. Here are a couple of challenges that you could sign up for over the next week. And we can say, let's start small. Save $20 into an emergency savings fund this week and take it from what you spend on 
groceries, on coffee, on dining out. Um, and these challenges are customizable. It's all via an app, so they're getting notifications telling them, you know, you're doing great this week, you've already saved this much. Um, so having that constant reinforcement and that positive reinforcement helps them to kind of want to continue to do these things and stay on track. And then they can see how their situations are improving. So we have some built-in gamification, which is great. Uh, people love challenges. I, I need the icon. I need the badge. Sorry, got the wrong word there, right? I need my right. badge. I want to know that I earned <laughs> my badge. I understand that. Right. Many apps that I've seen are basic. And by basic, I mean they take a limited amount of information and they offer limited suggestions or recommendations. But I know your goal is to create more open-ended conversations. How do you do that with an app when you're going back and forth, maybe through chat, or there's a long delay from when someone actually answers a question or inputs some random data? There's a couple of features that we've incorporated into the app that we think puts more control and more power into the hands of the individual. Um, one, educational content. So perhaps there's something there where they're saying, you know, I'd really like to learn more about this topic. Should I be investing in this type of an account or that type of an account? We want to give them access to education. But I would say the biggest way that we differentiate with this app is having the advisor in the background. It is not a completely independent app where we kind of say, you know, here's what we offer you and then that's it. With just a swipe, right, they can say, I do want to talk to somebody. And someone within the organization, within the firm, the retirement plan advisors that are working with us, would then provide that additional support to that individual, answer their questions, um, and be able to then say, you know, you might benefit from talking with one of the advisors in our wealth management division, or you might benefit from having a conversation going a little bit deeper here. So we never want the individual to feel like they're flying solo. We want to empower them to start on their own and to enter information to take them however far that they want, but we never want them to feel kind of lost and, and hopeless. Facilitating that conversation, I think, is the key going forward to help people who are part of employer-sponsored plans, or maybe not even a participant yet, to become engaged, to connect with an advisor. And then I think that will help build out the subscription models and the different ways that we can charge. Because as you said, these people want advice. I know it's not big news when you see certain companies bringing out apps, record keepers and other companies there. But I have to tell you, when I saw eMoney bringing it out, that's what got my attention. Because from what I know, there's eMoney, there's MoneyGuide Pro, and then there's all the other financial apps out there, financial planning software that make up 50% of the market. But I think you and MoneyGuide Pro, you're the ones that have the lion's share out there. You didn't start in the 401k market or the employer's sponsored plan market. You do financial planning. So to bring that to the marketplace, to companies and figure out how to connect with people there, I just can't, I can't see how you're not so far ahead already of other companies out there that are trying to do this. And even if the beta launch may not be everything you're wishing you had on day one, or maybe you, you checked off your list. Never I, is. There, no <laughs> doubt. But what you're thinking has got to be light years beyond a lot of different companies out there that are still trying to build out and figure out what do people really want and what is financial wellness going to mean? So I'm glad eMoney's in the mix. Uh, do you have a launch date when it's going to come out? 
Yeah, so it will be available January of 2021. I mean, the app already, we have six different beta firms that are working with us. Um, so they're using the app live, downloading it from the app store today. And they're working with some of their employee-sponsored plans, employer-sponsored plans to do just that, and also their own employee base. It was interesting. Many of the firms that signed up to be our beta participants, our early adopters, um, said, you know what, let's use it with our employees first. Like I'd, I'd really like to see how, how it works with our own employee base. So we have um, just about 300 individual users using it, um, six beta firms, and we'll continue over the remainder of the year to upload and, and get more firms um, signed up, not, not beta firms, but more employers signed up, more plans. Um, which will then mean more employees um, using the application. So we're in feedback gathering mode right now, which is really, really great. Um, but we're excited for January. There's been a lot of interest. I, I, as you know, we um, made some announcements more broadly about the availability of incentive at our recent uh, conference, the eMoney Advisor Summit, which was all virtual this year. And there was tremendous interest, not just from retirement plan advisors, but also traditional financial advisors that have a number of different ideas around how they could be using this to expand their own reach. One other point I just wanted to make, because it occurred to me as you were talking, um, is just the growing desire for employers to provide more financial support to their employee bases. And I think that that's another key, um, I don't want to call it a trend, but something that we're watching, right? We're seeing so much more about employers starting to question. We know we've helped people save for retirement. Is that enough? We've seen with the pandemic that people are not prepared for job losses, um, pay cuts, and so many people have been impacted by those things. Should we be thinking about how we help them save for an emergency savings fund? Should we be thinking about how we help them prioritize student debt paydowns relative to investing in your retirement because so many of the younger generations are delaying saving for retirement because they're prioritizing paying off their student loan debt. How can we help them with those trade-off decisions and as an employer really start to support both of them? Um, so we're seeing a lot of interesting trends that I think are um, positions an app that helps create visibility into all of these things very well, especially in an employer-sponsored market. I think as opportunities become visible to the plan sponsors where they see if we use an app, if we leverage some technology, we have the opportunity to help in this situation, I think the interest is going to go up. But the opportunity to engage and to help people hasn't been readily available. Now it's coming. So the people that actually think that financial wellness has either peaked or it's only going to go so far, they just don't get it. I, I, I don't know any other way to say it. They don't get it. Financial planning won't die. And life is always changing. I mean, yeah. new challenges, opportunities, whatever we want to call them are constantly being presented to us, which require us to constantly go back and revisit where do we stand? What should we be doing? Should we be doing something differently now because the situation has changed? So yeah, I agree with you. As long as that situation is fluid and people are living, they're going to need support. 
in terms of financial wellness and financial planning. Well, I'm excited to see the launch. I'm glad eMoney is now in the fray and working in the employer-sponsored plan market and bringing personal financial planning. So thanks, Jess, for being on the show. And we look forward to what eMoney is going to do in, in the future. Thank you, Ross. This was fun. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Outcomes. Subscribe now to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Advisor 2X. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.